Hi, I'm Dave Burstetta. Am I supposed to say my name? You are supposed to say your name. <laughs> I'm John Ziegler. And we are coffee and comic book enthusiasts. And this is the Coffee and Capes podcast. Episode number one. Yes, episode number one that we are tentatively calling, or at least I've been calling, the title sequence. Yes. Uh, I figured, six years in the making. Right. Yeah, exactly. We're super fast to move on our impulses. Yes. <laughs> I figured we could tell our origin story like in a future episode. But um, I just want to say that, look, I'm well aware that the universe is totally longing for two more middle-aged cishet white dudes to weigh in on geek culture. <laughs> and damn it, we are here to fill that void. Yes, yes. It, 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 we are exactly what the world probably needs its one millionth version of. Right. right. But hey, on, on the upside, uh, you know, we're doing it. So it's, and we are passionate about this culture. We are. We yeah. are indeed. And that's what we hope to do. Just have some fun, share our love of coffee and comic books and geek culture in general. Um, so I don't know. Here we go <laughs> yes it's about like the the first thing and i think we should tell everybody that uh you are the organized one and we're kind enough to try to script out the first little intro to this which i promptly have messed up um but you know as the name and title of our our podcast insinuates we are coffee enthusiasts um and as such dave what are you drinking this morning I have a lovely uh, Caribou Daybreak blend. I'm sure there are some uh, in my in my awesome Star Wars mug, which I'm pretty sure John gifted me one time. Would be true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it tastes I, better that way. I, uh, I I'm sure some coffee uh, like purists would say, "Oh, you're drinking a blend. Like, how dare you?" But well, I don't know. Like, I feel like you know, as with most geek culture stuff, you like what you like, right? Agreed. So, yeah, I, I would. I would agree. Yeah, uh, I like that medium roast. I'm a huge fan of caribou coffee. Like it was a super sad day. I, was, I don't know when it was, when it happened. I was thinking maybe it was 2014. I think it's probably more like 2010 when all of the caribou coffee shops closed here. Like that was a super sad day for me. I am not a caribou coffee fan. Oh, I'm sorry. But, this 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 deal is over. We're like yeah. we can't be friends. <laughs> I um I did not. How am I just learning this? I don't know. We've never really discussed caribou coffee, uh, but you know, it, obviously, it was. It, you know, it's good if you like it. Then it's got some some positive aspects of it. Um, I am one of those individuals who like really geeks out on coffee, thanks to my lovely wife, who uh, is also a coffee kind of snob and connoisseur. Um, but I am also the sinner of the coffee world as I put flavored creamer in my coffee. And you want to yeah. be our latex salesman. I know, right? Um, but today I'm drinking a, uh, it's a dark roast, Wicked Joe's that we picked up at Sprouts, not far from our home here. Uh, it also has a uh, coffee bomb in it, which is something that we discovered which is a, it makes it into like a bulletproof coffee, uses some fats, some healthy fats and a little bit of 
cocoa in it and uh, it's supposed to be really good for you. We've enjoyed them now for a while. They're made by a friend of mine's business called Ladybird Provisions out of Austin, Texas. A little shout out to Nicole. Um, and then of course, cinnamon vanilla creamer brought to you by whenever it's available in the grocery store. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that sounds delicious actually, other than the creamer part. Yeah. I am a, I'm a almost strictly just black every, every once in a long while, maybe put a little bit of milk in a, in an afternoon cup of coffee, but I'm pretty much 97% of the time, just straight black. But the uh, coffee bomb, that's, is that, uh, there's not butter in that. Like I remember when that was a thing, right? When people were like putting butter in their coffee. It's, they... it's like MCT oil um, okay. and collagen protein and a couple other things. You can get plain versions. It It's kind of, it seems like it's butter, but it's not. Um, but you can get plain version, you can get a vanilla version, you can get a cacao version, you can get uh, like, and they're designed to help you kind of wake your brain up a little bit as well. Um, they're really good. You can probably pick them up at Mariano's out there. Yeah. That's where we used to get them is okay. Mariano's out in, uh, out in that area. So check it out. If you can't find them, let me know. I'll see if we can't figure out how to get you some without them melting somewhere. between. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a problem <laughs> right right now uh, i live on the face of the sun so it's warm it's warm here too i think the entire planet is the face of this basically the face of the sun at the moment it is it is uh and you know that seems a little more mythical than it probably uh actually is and um with that statement, I think we should transition into our geek culture, talking about mythical things. Yes, I agree. Um, I prepared this thing, so I'm going to say it. So uh, earlier I said we were enthusiasts, and I, I use that term purposefully. I'll tell you, I read an article uh, earlier this year in the Chicago Tribune by uh, a guy named John Warner, who was trying to distinguish between a critic and an enthusiast. And, and um, so a critic, quote, a critic, it's a combination of judge, historian, and teacher that good criticism can help contextualize a work as part of the broader culture. Like, okay, that makes some sense, I think. Whereas an enthusiast, quote, writes about a book because it excites them and they're eager to pass the word on to others. An enthusiast need not be a Pollyanna, but the enthusiast wants the object of their enthusiasm to thrive. Oh, and, I like that. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of who we are, right? Like we'll have to be critics at some point, but we want geek culture to thrive. Yeah, I, I, I really like that. And uh, it leads into a, a quote that I've, I've discovered thanks to uh, the Apple TV show, Ted Lasso. And that quote from Walt Whitman uh, that says, be curious, not judgmental. Mm. Right? And I think that's one of the key things about our love for geek culture is that we're very curious. Um, you know, we've been having conversations about comic books and movies and, you know, everything in between now for years yeah. um, prior to doing this. And one of the things I've always appreciated about our conversations is that there's always been a, a level of honest curiosity and, you know, a willingness to accept what other people are, are saying as their truth um, and understand their view, their truth without judging them as being lesser than. And I, and I really enjoy that. And I, 
I think it goes along well with what you're talking about and being an enthusiast and really hoping that comes through from us in, in our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I love that Whitman quote too. Yeah. Curiosity. Yeah. It's a great it's, quote. Great show. Like watch it. I know it's on our list. It's our, it's next on our list. Uh, we're the it's last worth- people in the universe to watch. I know, I know. I know everybody's saying it's so, so good. If you anybody listening to this podcast hasn't seen that, watch it. Just watch it. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Heartwarming. You will cry multiple, multiple times, um, which is always good for this. One. It's always yes, it good. Is. Yes, so, it is. So uh, moving on to, are we ready to move on? To yeah, the- yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Uh, I think, you know, one of the things that I'm excited to talk about as always are movies. Um, it gives me a good excuse to go and see them. <laughs> Not that I've ever needed a good excuse to go see them. And obviously the Marvel universe expands exponentially on, on an annual basis. Um, DC struggles to kind of keep up, but it looks like they are doing some very interesting things in the possible future. But um, the one I think that warrants the immediate discussion would be uh, Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings, which we've both seen. Yes. So I'm curious, Dave, what's your, what's your first take on it? Uh, my first take is that I really, really liked it. Um, I saw it with, with my son who's uh, 15 and ha- I have successfully groomed to also enjoy uh, geek culture things. Um, so I feel like, you know, pat on the back to me for the father win there that uh, we go and do that together. Um, and we did, I don't, you know, we did see it in a theater, um, which added to the enjoyment, I think. Um, I will admit that I have not read much in the comics about the character Shang-Chi. And I'm sure that throughout this, well, I'll mess up how you properly pronounce it. I'm not sure. Like I, I was thinking about this earlier, the, the name of the magical land where they go. I'm not even quite sure what that yeah I'm not what sure the name of that is and I can't remember how to properly pronounce it I have no idea um but I, I think visually it was entertaining I think um it's funny I think uh I mean obviously it's it's important from a representational standpoint that here's a a cast that's almost all uh Asian actors playing Asian roles and like that's that stuff matters yeah yeah, um, agreed. But it's not just that it. Oh well, they did a good job with that. But it it felt to me like honest storytelling. Like they were they were really engaged in the um, trying to tell tell a story that wasn't maybe not super unique, but it's but it was um, uh, I'm just I'm saying honest again. I guess that. It made it its own. It was like, it like took a, a, maybe a familiar story of a little bit fish out of water character, but also, you know, teenage rebellion uh, and then kind of coming into their own, acknowledging their own power. Like I suppose as story tropes, you could find those a lot of places, but I, as I was watching it, I never once thought, Oh man, I've seen this a hundred times. Right. Yeah. I am. I'm right there with you. I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I think that 
Marvel cinematic recipe for success really shines through like their commitment in film anyway um, to stay true to the area, the region that, and the people that the culture stem from. Um, I think the first time they really did a phenomenal job of that was Black Panther in yeah. Wakanda, right? Um, absolutely beautiful, amazing movie. And Chadwick Bosman, it will be missed forever. Um, and we'll talk about the, the incredible like fact that we got a little bit more of him in What If um, at, at some point. Such a gift that was, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, you know, with Shang-Chi, Something I really enjoyed about this movie was, uh, and I'll mess up his last name, Simo Lau, his performance and his interaction. I, one of the things I really like about Marvel is their ability to bring two actors together and whether they start with really strong chemistry or they're just able to find a way to develop the really strong chemistry between their characters. I don't know, mm. but Simu Lau and Aquafina, uh, their chemistry, the way they interacted, the natural humor, and it, it seemed so effortless and so flawless um, was fantastic. I love yeah. those interactions. The action scenes. So I read something about the bus scene that stated everybody involved in performing the action in the bus scene went to the hospital multiple times oh, while filming that scene, which gives you an idea about the level of skill that they actually are possessing to do all those stunts, um, which were phenomenal. Yeah. They did such a great job. The action sequences were incredible. The scenery when they got to, and I keep wanting to say Kung Lao, but Kung Lao is, I believe, Iron where Iron Fist comes from. Is it Kun Lun? Um, Kun Lun, yeah, yeah, Kun Lun. Um, so, but when they when they get to that land, right where uh, Shang Chi's mother was originally from, yeah, it was beautiful. And and sure, like you know that the giant Asian lions are, uh, and I and, and I'm. Sorry if that offends anybody. I just don't know if they, I believe they're Chinese. Um, and I spent time in Japan. So I always want to refer to a lot of stuff from the Japanese side of things, but I realized that they're, they're Chinese. Um, but the Chinese lions and the mythical creatures were so amazing and so funny. Yes. And the I really like that they brought in Ben Kingsley. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he was hilarious. That reveal was so well done. Yes. That they had set it up earlier. That felt like just a throwaway thing, like, or just sort of a, hey, let's make this kind of connection to the Marvel universe that like I, even though they brought him up earlier, I was completely caught off guard. I had no idea that he was in the movie. I had no idea that that was coming, that he was going to be a character, let alone a character that mattered for like the last third of the movie or whatever. Yeah. Like, I agree. That was, I thought that was really well done. And hilarious. Yes. Right. And not, not like hilarious at the sake of the movie, which I think we've seen done. Um, 
but hilariously interwoven into the movie. And I think that's something else that Marvel does really well. I don't think they ever go cheeky with their humor. If it's, if it can be applied, it's applied appropriately. And if it doesn't fit, they don't try to shoehorn it in, which I think we've seen with like some DC movies at times. Um, But it it just, he was great. He was great. I I mean, I loved, and we're going to have lots of spoiler alerts. So if anybody hasn't seen it and this comes out and they're like, I can't believe I listened to these guys and they ruined the whole movie. Uh, just turn it off now and yeah. revisit it when you've seen the movie. Right. Uh, and also the movie's been out for what, two weeks now? So yeah, we'll see it already. Come on. We're, we're not, we're not breaking news here. Right. Um, but the scene with Ben Kingsley laying on the ground playing dead and his, <laughs> and his little buddy coming up, he's like, Shh, no, I'm okay. just playing dead. Yeah. Lay down with me. And he, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it was one of those little moments in like a very intense action sequence where all kinds of people are dying. We're just like, that was kind of cute and adorable. And, and thank you for giving this that, that quick break. Right. Um, yes. And th- I think that's, you know, we, we use the term, uh, uh, um, like a comedy break in a th- and that's or a comedy comic relief. Right. And that's yeah. really what it was. It, but mm-hmm. well done. And I, I don't know. I, I think for a split second, I thought there was a chance the character really was dead. 100%. I did. I, I, yeah. I was like, oh, no, this is sad. And then he sits and you're like, oh, that was really bad. Yeah. And it reveals his actual character, right? Right. That he's not this like super tough guy who suddenly become or, you know, this super soft guy who suddenly becomes a hero in his own right. Yeah. He very much was like, nope, I'm going to lay down and pretend. I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going <laughs> to act and I'm going to act. act like yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I want to point out one of my, and, and sorry, I, you're getting ready to say something. I'm just throw this out there. One of my favorite things about this movie was the uh, the redemption arc of Shang Chi's dad, played by Tony Lung, mm. who went from this almost immortal criminal and. Uh, you know, conqueror to finding the love of his life and putting all that aside to be a father and a husband, losing his wife and going back to his old ways because of the grief that he experienced. And then at the end, like coming back around because of the love for his son. Beautifully done. And very heartwarming. Yeah. It was very touching. And I thought it was believable. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, a bubble. Yeah. Um, and the the scene where he meets the the wife and the, you know, she's protecting the village and you're not welcome here or whatever. And and the I mean the the fighting, the fighting that they do is very much flirting as well and it yes. just it seemed to work like from both mm-hmm. sides they're both kind of they just both have that like this is cliche but a little twinkle in their eye for each other and both just like wait what's there's something, there's something and when he came back there. not to fight her but brought food yeah right he, he yes. brought like a lunch to sit yeah. down and eat with her like he wasn't coming back to try and conquer that that little twinkle that we all thought we saw when they were flirt fighting yeah right like was like turned out to be genuine because he came back and 
he didn't try to use because the easy route for that right would have been he comes back does this seduces her and then like destroys everything yeah yeah but he didn't he came back they fell in love and they left together right Mm -hmm. to just go and have a very normal happy life as a family and you're like oh this is great which made her her loss and the impact of her loss on him very believable right very much so you weren't like oh come on like you guys dated for a hot minute and then she, <laughs> you know she was taken and now you're like no right yeah you know it was you shared a family you were truly in love you gave up everything for this person and then your own past came back and you know caused this death and then made you question everything and, and go down that path again um just well done yeah you know that makes me think how much of the marvel canon is just dealing with grief mm. Mm. like i'm looking at your background there john and like okay spider-man <laughs> obviously yep. very well known that it's he loses his parents in some way and then he loses the surrogate parent and uncle ben yeah uh x-men like the Wolverine, like he loses his whole identity for for a long, long time. Like mm-hmm. they lose their place in society as they become mutants. Punisher, uh, Punisher loses yeah, looking his at Punisher. entire family, right. right? Just absolutely destroyed. Uh, you know, Daredevil fantastic. loses. Yeah, Daredevil there loses his dad, loses his sight. Like the yeah. reaction to Geeks. I guess Fantastic Four maybe just losing their kind of normalcy or something yeah i I would say right like all of a sudden especially when it comes to like ben Grimm, yeah experiences hands down the the largest loss out of that group is in terms of like a a change in society yeah Uh, even captain america right gains all this gains all this strength and and everything and then loses the love of his you know love of his very short world war ii existence and because he gets frozen and, and then loses his time like it, it's forever the man out of time yeah yep loses all that time yeah all of them i mean dr strange the loss of his hand right right uh and you can trace this over to even in dc right superman loses an entire planet yeah batman loses his parents flash loses his mom wait 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 wait, wait. batman loses his parents i know i don't it's think i've seen the story i should have anywhere. i shouldn't have spoiled that one for anybody but you know flash loses his mom gets killed and then his dad goes to prison for it erroneous yeah yeah um, what's wonder woman lose she leaves themiscara well, and in some version at least she can't go back right she loses right. She access to her back. hometown or homeland yeah i i mean so it's it's very much a a process and i think you can see this all throughout the culture it follows the uh the classic hero's journey right mm. that there was a, I can't remember the author. Joseph wrote, Campbell? Yes, there you go. Joseph Campbell's book that talks about like the hero's journey. And you can yeah. see that in so much of geek culture that there's the, the thing that happens, the catalyst you know, that occurs that leads them to be a hero, whether it's Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, mm-hmm. you know, anybody yeah. from Star Wars, really, um, Han Solo, all of them except stormtroopers they're just tools uh you know but 
Really or old. Disney princess, and you can't be a Disney princess unless you have lost you can't at be least a one parent character. Well, right, yeah, you can't be a Disney character. Come on, Bambi, right, 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 right. yeah. That was one of the most heartbreaking things I right. ever saw as a child. Right. Walt Disney should be ashamed of like <laughs> that movie being shown to very small children. I was a child sitting in a theater looking at my grandmother, like, why, <laughs> why did you do this to me? Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it, you're right. It's something that's exists throughout. Um, <clears throat> I think in the Marvel cinematic universe, though, they've, they've just done such a good job of the timing of, of it all in their storytelling. Whereas in, in the earlier versions of DC movies, right. The original Superman with Christopher Reeve, let's like, Superman one and two actually, where we first got to meet like General Zod and yeah, I, mean, I remember as a kid watching that one going, oh, there's like three bad Superman. Um, that was terrifying. And then we got the Batman movies, right? Big thumbs up, Michael Keaton. Nobody would have ever guessed Mr. Mom would be like the epitome oh my of Batman. I mean, John, you and I are old enough that we were we were teenagers when that came out. Epic. Do you remember how? skeptical people were before the movie came out when it was announced that Michael Keaton was going to be Batman? I think the only level of skepticism that I have seen to equal that since that movie is Robert Pattinson playing <laughs> Batman in the upcoming version. Yeah, And if that pans out as well as the original pans out, we'll be in for a real treat. Yeah, like, for sure. Genuinely. For sure. If uh, Batman suddenly sparkles, though, uh, in the movie, I think we can all agree that the movie theater will probably burn down. Yeah. <laughs> Note, please don't burn down any movie theater. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's throw that out there. If you are unhappy with a film, please don't. Violence is not the way. <laughs> yeah, no. And if this ever makes it up on YouTube, you just down in the comments somewhere, please put a note that you hear us and you will not burn down any movie theaters. Uh, if you do, we are not held legally responsible for right. you being an idiot. Right. Um, hey, I want to go back to something you said yeah. earlier about um, about the Ben Kingsley character being mm -hmm. like true to himself and sort of the, you know, he was the kind of the soft guy, I think is what you said. And then he didn't suddenly become like warrior dude. He like, he stayed true to his character. Kind of the opposite end of that spectrum for me is the Aquafina character. Yes. Where... She was, I think she was brilliant throughout. I, I loved her, like her shock in the bus. <laughs> like, what? How is it, how is it you've hidden this power for this ability from me for all this time? And the moment that he showed up to cage fight without his shirt, shirt on, and, yeah. Face, like, yeah, well, that's new. <laughs> right, right. And I like that they didn't make it a whole like sexual tension thing. Yes. Will they, won't they? They need to be, no, they just, it seemed like, I mean, maybe there was a moment at the end, but it really seemed like it was just, these are two really good friends yeah. who happen to be a man and a woman. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I really like that. So, but my question would be, does she really become like proficient archer in a day and a half? Like, yeah, that would be, you know, there's in every Marvel movie and every, you know, I think every sci-fi geek culture movie has that moment where you're like 
mm, this is a little bit of a stretch game. And I think for her, that character arc development was a little bit of a stretch, right? Yeah. Um, although a long time ago, you know, there was this thing that was written, I believe it was in a, a role-playing game manual a long time ago. Uh, the Star Wars one, actually, the Star Wars role-playing game, which I played adamantly when I was like 17. Um, and they talked about Han Solo having just abnormally good luck. Hmm. Like it, it just was one of those things like, he had what they refer to, I believe, as a hero's luck. Like you just made the random shot when it mattered. Like these things occur, right? Um, so that, I mean, I can see that being a thing. But at the end of the day, it was a stretch. It was the only real big stretch I saw in the movie was her sudden like Rocky montage of going from, you know, can barely hit the target. Yeah. To like to... Robin Hood splitting arrows in the middle of the air kind of right. a thing where you're like, right. Okay. And I mean, on some level, it's right. It's a ridiculous critique in a movie about dragons and fantasy lands yes. 100%. to be like, Oh, I'm really disappointed in the lack of, of believability. And the, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say like this is one of those things that I tell people all the time in movies. They're like, "That was totally unbelievable." I go, "So is flying through space like that? It's a movie. If you're looking for realism, you're in the wrong place. Go watch Schindler's List, and you know, then cry yourself to sleep for the next three weeks. Um, But it's, yeah, it's, it's a comic book movie." And I think it's, we're nitpicking a little bit, right? And and the counter to my own concern there, I guess, would be they're in some magical, mystical land. Yeah, it's, right? It make, I think you could pretty easily say time moves differently there. And what appeared to be like a day, a montage over a day could very well have been her experience of multiple years. Yeah, right? It could totally have been, I mean... At some point, you have to move the the film along, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be like, mm-hmm. "Hey, one year this later, how like, you notch an arrow. Like, right?" So yeah. it, it took a yeah. year for the bad guys to get it together and make their way over to this magical land when they had all this. Like that becomes even bigger of a stretch, right? So I think that in in this regard, you're right. Like we were talking about a land with magic Chinese dragons, uh, you know, all kinds of amazing things, and we're like. But does she really become a, a perfect archer in a day? <laughs> yeah. That's your that's, that's your thing. Your, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, in all fairness, like it's it's yeah. probably we're being nitpicky. And it that's okay. A, like we yeah. can do that. It has a semi-sentient forest, for goodness sakes. Yes. That was uh that was cool sweet. and terrifying. Right? All at the yes. same time. I was like, yeah. they're gonna make a horror movie uh, <laughs> like based on this forest thing that is just gonna eat people. They probably already have, and I, I watched it and I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that's like the one thing. The the scaffolding fight outside of oh the gosh. the building, so well done. Yes. The humor in the movie, again, you know, like you mentioned, amazing. 
uh, overall, I, I just, I really loved the movie and I'm excited to see where it goes because of the, the end credit scenes. And the little thing, yeah, agreed. Uh, but the little thing with Wong before the uh, speaking of the end credit scene before that, like the first appearance of Wong in the cage fight with Abomination, like, and the friendship that they apparently have, right? That apparently it's some sort of you know professional wrestling kind of staged fighting kind of thing. That's pretty great. Yeah, like, that was pretty cool. Funny and and fun. Yeah, we, like I like a little. I, I I want a nod to the larger universe in my Marvel movie. Yes, and and I gotta be curious about because Wong and the Abomination went through a portal that looked like back to Strange's house mm-hmm. or to you know wherever the library is that they they all study from, and they were just having a conversation, and Wong's asking him like, you know, you're still telegraphing that punch, like what did I teach you about that? And you. It, it almost makes me wonder because at the end we got to see uh, Bruce Banner in the sling still yeah. from Endgame. And so I don't yeah. know if that means he's healing slow or that's how close to the end of Endgame this was. Oh, interesting. I had thought um, about that. Yeah. Right. But are we looking at a possibility that uh, Abomination might come in? in place of the Hulk as oh. kind of the muscle of like whatever new team they're creating. Yeah. Cause they're very clearly creating a new team. Right. That is, that is very obvious. And in the comics, um, there is an Avengers team that has Shang-Chi as part of it. So, yeah, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see where it all goes. I think we'll get some answers with, uh, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Um, when that comes out, that's supposed to give us some more information. I'm excited we're going to get a Captain America with Sam Wilson. Oh, so good. I can't wait yeah. for that. Yeah. And anybody out there who has a negative thing to say about Sam Wilson as Captain America, just don't. <laughs> Take it elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, just go somewhere else, man. Like Sam Sam Wilson, like, you know. Uh, and it's a great run of the comic. Yeah, oh, his his, his so good. a few years ago as as Captain America, like so good. Yeah. His view on it, and they really did a good job in in Falcon and Winter Soldier, like setting that up, like how the world will treat him differently as Captain yeah. America, right. um, than you know they did Steve Rogers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before, before we, we yeah <laughs> before, before we, we completely go down that rabbit hole, let's yeah, save that yeah. for another. That's a whole other uh, episode, I think. Um, before we leave Shang-Chi, do you know, I don't know, I'm not familiar enough with the whole um, Iron Fist Kun Lun version. I know there are like seven, seven cities of heaven, seven cities of heaven right? That Kun Lun's yep. one of them. Is, could this? 100% yes. Could this I, be I, one I, of them? I, I the, was the trying one to make that connection, figure that out during the movie. Um, I've read a number of the Iron Fist uh, comics. I really like the character overall. I, I think, unfortunately, I think it was one of the big fails in the Marvel TV world. Um, I just think that yeah. that's a whole different conversation. But the character, the comic book, and Danny Rand and the Seven Cities of Heaven and the, the Power of Kunlun, it, it's, I believe it could very well be part of that. And I think we may see like some expansion in that. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be a, a fun way for them to bring in 
the Iron Fist character is if. A new one that doesn't look like the tattoo was drawn on with a Sharpie. Yeah. The guy that's got a little more physicality. Uh, you know, a little more physicality and, and honestly, and, and then I'll say this and then we should move into what if before. Yeah. Out of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not only a little more physicality, but uh, a different air about him. Danny Rand in the comic books is a very confident, strong individual and almost like a playboy. Yeah. Um, he, he Almost like Bruce Wayne. Right. Danny Rand is like Marvel's Bruce Wayne. Right. They very similar things like stupid rich, all these things. And then they can fight really well, um, except his fist glows. And, you know, I, I was really excited to see him and Luke Cage take the screen together. And there was one scene, one episode, one episode of Luke Cage. Yeah. Where Danny shows up and it was like the comic books. And yeah. I was so excited. And then Defenders came out and which was OK. But we got like the Danny from the Iron Fist show and not the Danny that went along with. Yeah. I, I still enjoyed Defenders though. I, I still enjoyed Defenders. I watched yeah, that. Oh, like, Defenders was great. I, I, love, I liked the moment at the end with Jessica Jones holding on to the elevator with everybody in it and the reaction. <laughs> right, right. Of right, everybody right. like, yeah. Sweet Christmas. Yeah. And the scene in, or the, the episode in the, in the restaurant, like the second or third episode, whichever one that was, where they're all like kind of meeting each other after the first fight, and they're in the room. <laughs> is, is that pork? No, no, that's shrimp or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. like just the whole thing. Blind. It's so great. And yep. whatever you are, classy. Charlie Cox, so good. Matt Murdock, Daredevil. Oh. Uh, and and literally the last thing, and then we'll transition yeah. real quick into talking about the past few episodes not today's episode yeah a new episode yet. of what if came out today but let's talk about the yeah what we've seen so far charlie cox as matt murdoch and daredevil so good he is supposed to be in no way home that's what we hear i hope so i really hope so i really hope he gets a crack at being daredevil in the cinematic universe because he did such a good job such a he was such a good matt murdoch mm -hmm. and a good daredevil and it's not very often that you find someone that nails both the the alter ego and the hero ego like, yeah all in like so well it's just it's such a great job oh that should be a future episode we do like talking about different versions of care like who's done that well which actors have yes have yeah, done one should. version of a character well but and who's who's on that list for doing both the yeah the hero like, part and like secret identity yeah. right away yeah right i know yeah i also right, want so to do, we down. should do an episode on uh characters that you that should have had their secret identity guessed in like page <laughs> one of a comic yes or just how dumb for the most part secret the idea of the secret identity is yeah yeah anyway I'm gonna pick on Superman in that one. Yeah, right. Oh, I got glasses um, on. I'm a completely different person. Right. That's like me. Like, right. Oh my go? God, where'd you go? Who are you? Oh, thank God. Oh, it's all right. Oh. It's all right. Um, all right. Okay. So let's what let's if? talk about what if we got we got like ten minutes um, before we should wrap this up. But the first episode, I think we, I think universally, everybody kind of agrees. The first episode was like trying to just kind of rework 
the original Captain America First Avenger and like condense it down into a half an hour. Although I still enjoyed it. Um, I still it enjoyed it. It looked amazing. It looked with the artwork. Fantastic. The what if series artwork is legit. Like whoever they have penciling and creating that for them is like bravo. We're going to have to look it up and give them a shot. Yeah. Um, so the first episode okay yeah enough that i'm gonna I, you know i watch it big shout out to like peggy carter's turn as captain carter um the steve rogers turn is you know the hydra stomper it was pretty cool yeah and i really enjoy the fact that in what if they're doing uh their level best to get voice actors for the characters of the people that actually played the character so we got like samuel l jackson to play nick fury we got right. jeremy renner as hawkeye yeah. we got you know we didn't get um chris evans to to be no Cap. but a lot of the other ones are there a lot of the other ones emily, emily van camp in later ones and yeah. uh benedict cumberbatch and, oh my gosh let's save that one for last all right all right. Uh, so we're saving that one for last. We'll talk about yeah. the Doctor Strange one. Yeah, I thought it was cra- It was heartbreaking. Like this series loves, loves, loves to kill off characters. Well, and you know, I was thinking about that, and I, and I was thinking about how like the the episodes have been like super tragic. Yeah. Post the the Captain America, Captain Carter one, right? Yeah. The last three have been. Well, the Chadwick Boseman one wasn't really tragic. It just we it felt that way because. It, the loss of him as a human yeah. being yeah but the they're really meant to throw you in a completely different direction right right and so yeah. and that's the beauty of an animated thing like you can you can do yeah. that you can i mean I, I, a large part of the fun i think is kind of killing off some of these characters that you love yeah. and messing with you in that way watching but, strange though like go through that process over and over and over again gut-wrenching yeah yeah i mean and just of course it drove him crazy because it would drive anybody crazy yeah i mean you're reliving the death of like your you know the person that you love the most endlessly until you get to a point where you're just like fine i'll just It, it there was that moment where he realized he just needed more power. And I thought his reaction was a little close to Jim Carrey in, in uh, mm. Dumb and Dumber, where he's like, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> right? and yeah. I was like, yeah. this is not going to end well. <laughs> right. Right? And it didn't. No. Uh, no but the art was beautiful. Oh, um, for sure. But the end, I was like, oh, this is like a punch to the gut. Now he's sealed inside of this little bubble in a non-existent universe, like knowing he couldn't save anybody and he just destroyed an entire universe in this effort. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Rough. Marvel Zombies. Marvel Zombies was okay. It was was fine. I didn't think it was a great episode. It's... I thought it was fun. Yeah. I like zombies. Sure. Yeah, I like zombie movies. In the comic, Marvel Zombies was fun and different when it came out. So I'm glad that they did it. Yeah, I agree. Right, I'm glad they did it. 
there were a couple moments, the Bucky moment where he kills zombie oh, cap. Yeah. And he's like, this is the end of the, the line. line. Yeah. That was, that was a, that was a great through line there. Like all the way from the first cap movie to. Yeah. Yeah. They did a really nice job with that. Um, yeah, it's true. He almost was too unaffected by that. Bucky. But I mean, you know, in all fairness, you're surviving a zombie apocalypse and all of like the Avengers became zombies. You're pretty much done in that point. You're like, oh yeah. Yeah, Um, That's true. Visions keeping Wanda zombie Wanda alive and feeding her Mm -hmm. Black Panther a piece at a time. Yeah. Well, and how about Vision keeping her alive as kind of a reversal of the Wanda Vision storyline? Yeah. Oh. That was a really good point, Dave. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, very much like a reversal of WandaVision. Like, he's keeping her alive. That just shows, oh, man, now we've plunged into a whole new conversation and we'll have to save. The yeah, depth yeah. of, like, the love that exists between Wanda and Vision. Um, but neither one of those things turned out well for anybody. <laughs> no, no. Pretty much everybody dies. And Yeah. yeah. And the other, the other episode was uh, Hank Pym as a traitorous yellow jacket. Oh yeah, which was interesting, and maybe maybe kind of a shout out to like the '80s run of Avengers comic when Hank Pym was Yellow Jacket and was pretty much a bastard. Yeah, it was interesting but, to to see. You know, there was an interesting piece of that where Loki shows up with like the Heroes Three and Sif and an entire Asgardian army to avenge Thor. And the thing I liked about that, and the thing that made that kind of a redeeming moment was it, there's always been this really nice sibling conflict that exists between Thor and Loki forever. Um, But at the end of the day, their love for one another, like, sparks new things in them whenever the other one is is killed hurt what have you and so like loki's desire to avenge thor was genuine yeah like i believe that was genuine and then you know when he realized i can take over the planet now (laughs) you know he reverted back and you're like okay that's fair i I, yeah like that's that's legit like knowing what we know about the character he wasn't going to do anything altruistic once he finished (laughs) his lone altruistic moment (laughs) right right although one arrow can kill thor yeah i had a hard time with that one too but Uh, but okay hard time with that one like it's thor yeah like i don't in the comics, and this is, so this will be the one thing, I mean, you and I have talked about this a, a million times, and we'll have to have an actual episode on this one. And I think uh, when we post these, if people leave in comments things they'd like to see conversations on, we yeah. will happily like tackle some of them. But I think in an episode we should do it uh, is the depowered, overpowered, like moments of heroes and yeah. who suddenly gets like ramped up and who gets dialed back and where that has like changed things. Yeah. You know, and we've, we've talked about that Thor being one of those like Such very huge fluctuations in power. Yeah. Yeah. Like massive fluctuations. Like one moment he flies up to the sun and like is right face to face with it and lets Sentry's body go into the sun and burns up. 
And then the next minute he dies by an arrow. And, and Right, right. Well, in the one comic, he flew into the sun. Yeah, he flew into the sun to get Mjolnir. To get healed or something. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, right. Like, but he, oh. yeah, he flew Which into the sun. Which is super cool, but yeah. But then, anyway, yeah. Yeah. All right, so... All right. So probably Dude, I the think, T'Challa episode was yeah, our, everything. I would say is is hands down a, a mutual favorite. Yeah. Um, one, it was the one I want to say really heartwarming story from you know that we got to see. Yeah. Um. So glad they had Kurt Russell at the very end. That was great as ego, yeah. like coming to find Peter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not good for the planet, but you know, <laughs> um, but T'Challa and <laughs> the fact that his positive, like attitude and kind heart and goodness is just yeah. like the level of goodness had such an impact across some of the most notorious people in the galaxy. Thanos. Freaking Thanos. Freaking Thanos, man. Like Thanos. And and but it's efficient. But it's efficient. Right. So over and over the conversation right. yeah. that he has. He's like, but it's efficient. Big guy, I think it's that's, still called genocide. Yeah, that sounds an awful lot like genocide. Josh Brolin in that role throughout that episode. Just it was so good. Right. It was so good. Like yeah. everybody was so good. But to be able to have, and I don't, I didn't see that coming. I had no idea they had finished those episodes, like some of those episodes that long ago. And yeah. And it makes you wonder, like, if he knew what was coming and, you know, went to Marvel and, and you know, was like, hey, we got to do this. Right. Um, and if he did, what a, what a beautiful gift. Right. that he left everybody with and you know what an amazing actor amazing human being and so sad um that tagline yeah. at the end of that of that episode i forget exactly what it was but it was like our our friend our king our hero or something like that our friend yeah our, brother, our hero but just i was i was balling at that point right yeah there. you know it just it was one of those beautiful like just a beautiful story, like dedicated to uh, a wonderful, you know, soul that was hands down taken from us entirely too soon. Um, and I mean, just to to really provide, I think, an example of, you know, what everybody kind of saw is, is like probably one of the defining moments of who he was as a human being, as a character, like, you know, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah was the the he wanted to see shuri take up the mantle of black panther in the next black panther movie like he was advocating mm. for them to let her have that moment to have that character to have that lead to have you know that role in the marvel universe and to not like try and bring somebody else in to like recast or something like that what it just really i think it showed a lot of like who he was um as a human being yeah interesting about chadwick boseman i'm watching uh the fx series justified 
with Timothy Oliphant and Walton Goggins. Great, yeah. great show based on Elmore and, Lem- Elmore and Leonard's uh, novel, Fire in the Hole. There is an episode with Chadwick Boseman. Really? Yeah, season one. Oh, okay. uh, I can't, or no, season two. I can't remember the episode. It's probably three or four. I don't know. But look it up. He plays like a gangster, like a street thug gangster. And it's so hard to watch that and and see him in that role. Because this is obviously years and years and years and years ago. Yeah. And even like his face, you're just like, no. <laughs> he's too nice. Yeah. No. He's too nice. He's not going to do anything bad. He's just such a good um, yeah amazing amazing episode sorry i talked the whole time like feel free no man it's all good you said it all he was a beautiful soul and, and we're gonna miss him obviously we miss the the character but yeah miss the human being too yeah that was a, that was a man who had an impact through his art yeah and he became i mean i don't know if you've ever watched any of the other stuff he did like 42 yeah yep of course we're both baseball fans yeah uh, i forgive your white socks for beating the pants off of my red socks who are clearly uh trying to tank the season for some reason yeah. um but i mean his his turn is jackie robinson yeah in 42 yep. oh so good right so yep. good and all the other stuff that he's done it's just super talented and everything you ever see about him you know you're just like wow what a, and really, I think we can go back to a lot of the leads from the Marvel movies, um, the characters that were chosen and, and the people that were chosen to play the characters and just how many of them have been willing to like go out in public and, and represent well. Yeah. You know, Chris Evans used to dress up as Captain America and go see kids in the hospital with uh i can't chris pratt right from from guardians of the galaxy they went together to like go cheer up kids in the hospital really and dressing up to do it they are pretty great yeah like that's that's amazing nobody's giving them a bunch of money to go do that and they don't need it right so pretty amazing uh Fantastic. Well, all right, friends. Well, hopefully you uh, lasted this long on this journey with us. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be, yeah. Are we fully intend to be back for more more uh, enthusiast enthusiasm? Uh, and I guess until next time, we're this is the Coffee and Capes podcast. Bye, guys. Bye.